0: Well, questions on the screen. Uh, if you could ask Jesus to give you one thing, just one thing, uh, what would you ask him to give you? If you could ask Jesus to give you just one thing, uh, what would you ask him to give you? Well, in our passage this morning, James and John, they get to do just that. Uh, they get to ask Jesus to give them something. Uh, have a look at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, to, came to Jesus and said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus said. Uh, they come to Jesus and they, they want him to do whatever they ask of him. Uh, and Jesus says, okay, sure, what, what do you want me to do for you? It's very gracious of Jesus uh, to let them do that. What, what could be coming? Well, it's there in verse 37. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. What they would like Jesus to do for them is to, uh, when they get to heaven, it is to let them sit at the highest places, uh, right next to Jesus, one of them on, the, on his right and one of them on uh, his left. In other words, they want greatness. They want power. They want thrones. They want us to get to heaven and look up at where Jesus is and think, wow, aren't James and John pretty great? They're sitting right there in the places right next to Jesus. They must be pretty special people. Well, you might as well ask. You've got Jesus there in front of you. You might as well ask. And you know what? Jesus has literally just been uh, telling them that he won't be around much longer. So they take the opportunity to ask Jesus of this whilst they can. But what has Jesus just been telling them? Have a look there in um, verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem... With Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. Jesus said, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. And will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Jesus is going to be mocked. He's going to be spat on. He's going to be flogged. And he's going to be killed. Are James and John seriously responding to this news by asking Jesus to give them the highest places in heaven? Jesus, God in the flesh, is going to be mocked and spat on and flogged and killed. Jesus, who spent these last few years with these disciples, showing his great love to them, he's going to die. And all James and John can respond uh, to this news is, "Give me greatness, give me power when when we get to heaven, give us the thrones, but Jesus is going to die it 's the very opposite of of greatness and power it 's not a throne it 's a cross we 've been singing about Christmas in our service. About Jesus being God made low, a baby born in Bethlehem. You see, James and John, uh, and I think we need to uh, see this morning, we need to learn with them who we're following and how we're to follow. Who we're following and how we're to follow. So the first point this morning is, just that, who do we follow? The short answer is Jesus. And they totally get that they are following Jesus. They, they totally get that he's God, that, that he's got power, that, that he's going to be in heaven, that he's going to sit on a throne in heaven. They totally get that. And they ask, too, that they'll be seated high up with him in his glory. They want to share in the power and the glory. Uh, They're confident that they'll be there with him, as will all of us who are following the Lord Jesus. But between now and then, uh, we need to see who we're following, how he wants us to follow him. Because Jesus, he's not seeking after the greatness that the world looks for, thrones and palaces. and No, he, he, he didn't come down in, in great glory, at least not great glory that we would look for. We know the story, don't we? We've been singing about it. Uh, Jesus came down from the throne of glory to be born in a manger, born to a young uh, virgin girl named Mary. This is Jesus. God made flesh. God come down to be with us. Emmanuel. And Jesus here shows us in this passage, he is treading The pathway to the cross, that's who we're following. Not the pathway of of seeking to love himself, but loving others. And that's the way we're to walk too. Earlier this year, I was uh, running the Brighton Half Marathon. It was probably about a year ago I was signing up to it. This is what it looks like when you sign up to the Half Marathon. Uh, you have to um, choose uh, the time that you expect you're going to finish. Uh, and uh, as, as I saw this choice, I uh, looked at it and I thought, I could, I could go for gold. Sub one hour 20 half marathon. I've got three months to get ready for it. Or I could be realistic and click about two hours. Run at a pace and a time that I know I can run at but probably nobody's going to notice. Jesus didn't come to choose the pathway of glory in this world. Not glory as we would see it. He, he didn't choose to look great. He didn't choose to be the most handsome man, to have the most followers on Instagram, to live in great luxury and wealth. No, he, he, the glory would come later as he, he goes back to heaven. But firstly, it's a cross. Jesus chose the pathway to a cross where he would be mocked, where he would be spat on, flocked, and killed. Jesus is the the great ruler of all things, and he chose to be handed over to the chief priests and teachers of the law. To be condemned to death on a cruel wooden cross. That's who we follow. And so that's why he says to James and John, you just don't know what you're asking. Have a look at verse 38. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? He talks about cups and baptism. Why does he talk about those things? When he talks about cups, he's not talking about going to get a a cup of water to drink. No, the cup, it, it represents the cup of God's wrath, which would be poured out upon Jesus. On the cross, his wrath for our sin, that Jesus would face in our place. He talks about baptism, the waters of God's judgment, which Jesus would go under for us in death, because he could then rise out out of those waters of judgment as he rise, rises again. Three days later and he asked them what really I think should be a rhetorical question can you drink the cup I drink or be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with have John and James got it yet well no they say yeah of course we can bring it on Probably they thought that the cup was the, the wine at the, the great feast in the kingdom of God, and the baptism some sort of sort of washing ceremony before they could sit on those nice thrones that uh, Jesus was going to have prepared for them. You see, their eyes are on greatness, and maybe that's where our eyes are on. we 're following jesus but but we forget the, the magnitude of Jesus coming down from his throne of glory to a manger. We forget that the symbol of Christianity is a cross somewhere where someone was going to die. We want to be comfortable and safe and secure we, we, we want. Wealth, and we, we want to be looked at, at, at by other people, and and think that we're great. We, we want other people to think we're great. But that's not the way of the cross. That's not who we're following. Jesus explains to uh, James uh, and John. Uh, this, uh, as we read on through verse 39, Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. Jesus does say they will face this, this cup and baptism, uh, this suffering, not as Jesus is going to face it on the cross, but, but the way of following Jesus is Suffering. We're to expect it if we're following him. Here we see the greatest leader who's ever lived telling his followers that he is going to give up his life. But his followers just want the glory. Glory is coming. We have a glorious future ahead of us, but first it's the cross. Have a look at verse 45. Jesus says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is what Jesus came to do. He came not to be served by us, though he would have every right to be served by us. No, he came to serve. To give his life up for us. The one who was condemned to death, beaten, mocked, flogged, and killed for us, for you, for me. This is who we follow. It's so good this evening that uh, we have another opportunity to be taking communion together. If you are able to join us, do come. As we look at uh, the symbols of of bread and wine, we're not coming and and looking at a throne. No, just uh, taking a bit of bread. But reminding us Of his body which was spat on, which was nailed to a cross uh, and there killed. The wine, a reminder of blood that he sheds. As we take and eat, we're reminded of who we are following. The son of man who's come to serve us. Even by giving his life as a ransom for us. Jesus has served you so that he can save you. This is who we follow. Jesus, the servant king, and he calls us now to be following him. Secondly, uh, we see how do we follow uh, ask asked us a question uh, at the beginning. Uh, if you could ask Jesus to give you one thing, what would you ask? And I think there's two ways we're probably going to answer that. Uh, one is in a James and John way. Give me greatness. Uh, in other words, a selfish way, something for me. Even if we're asking something for other people, uh, probably we're really asking it for ourselves, a selfish way. Uh, the other disciples, they said this in verse 41, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And so Jesus calls them together. Uh, why are they indignant? Well, I think Because we see Jesus calling them together and said, "You, you know what? They're cross because they wish they had asked this first. They want to be sitting on those two thrones as well. That's the first way we could answer this question. The second way is the Jesus way. Lord, help me to be a servant. Help me to follow you. A way that's not selfish, but focused on serving our Lord Jesus, on honoring him. So it's give me a throne or or help me be a servant. Help me in my selfishness or help me to serve ye. Well, let's hear what Jesus has to say. Verse 40t. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Jesus says, You know the way the world works. Leaders, they love power and position. People, we love power and position, and when we get it, we lord it over ourselves. But but leaders rise and and leaders fall. They they have their time of greatness, but it it doesn't last. But Jesus has a kind of upside-down kingdom. Completely different path to greatness. But it's a kingdom that lasts and stands forever. And it has a completely different path to greatness. And it involves Jesus going to a cross. And so, Jesus says to his disciples, this isn't to be so with ye. We don't seek after greatness as the world seeks it. Verse 43, not so with ye. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, don't seek after a throne. Don't seek after power. Come follow me and to follow me you need to be a a servant. Someone whose interest is directed towards others, not self. Someone who loves others and is willing even to lay down their life for others. That's the way of Jesus. That's how we follow Jesus. For even the Son of Man, in his greatness, Jesus in his greatness, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let me tell you about a story, a story of uh, someone that I've read about um, uh, and uh, is a, a great kind of hero uh, of mine, is someone who was born just up the road in uh, a village called Hersper Point. Um, many of you know that's where I'm from. Uh, and on September the 3rd, 1847, uh, he, he was born. And his family, he owned a, a department store in Brighton, which he went to work for for a while. A few years later, he ended up going to a train for Church of England Ministry uh, in Oxford. Um, here is the guy, by the way. I'll tell you his name in a bit. Um, he became the curate in charge at St. George's Church in hersper Point. A few years later, he went on to be a missionary in Uganda, serving uh, the Church Missionary Society. However, he had to return home for a while uh, because of ill health, but he was able to go back again, and he ended up being a bishop, the first bishop of eastern equatorial Africa. His last expedition was into Maasai territory with a group of about 200 uh, people uh, and also some fellow clergy with him. It was called The Journey of His Army of Peace, Uh, and it left base on July the 23rd, and then by October the 12th, uh, he decided to leave this main party with, with 50 other men to go and visit some missionaries in Uganda. And about 10 days later, his group of people that he was with was ambushed. And his journal journal tells us what happened next. It says this. Suddenly, about 20 ruffians set upon us. They violently threw me to the ground and proceeded to strip me of all valuables. Thinking they were robbers, I shouted for help when they forced me up and hurried me away. But then they tried to throw me down a precipice which was close at hand. I shouted again in spite of one threatening to kill me. Twice I nearly broke away from them. But then I grew faint and struggled and was dragged by the legs over the ground. He was violently attacked and he was struggling. Suffering great agony. In spite of all that, he says, uh, as he was being dragged away to be murdered, he he sang, Safe in the Arms of Jesus. And he laughed at the very agony of the situation. My clothes were torn to pieces, he wrote. And wet through and being dragged on the ground. He was strained in every limb. For a whole hour he was expecting to die. But hurried along, dragged, pushed at five miles an hour. Until they came to a hut. Eight days later. He was killed. Aged just 38. It's the story of a man who gladly laid down his life. For the service of God, who knew what it was to follow the way of Jesus, to come to serve rather than be served. And the man's name is Bishop James Hannington. And there's a church just down the road who's named after him. Not named after a a great, um, important um, royal person, but named after someone who serves the Lord Jesus, who understood what it is to be a servant. James and John didn't really understand it here, nor did the other disciples, but they would go on tea after Jesus laid down his life. And in 1 John chapter 3 verse 16, John himself wrote these words. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters too. John got it in the end. And this is the Lord Jesus that many of us this morning are following. The Lord Jesus who came not to be served but to serve by giving his life as a ransom for many. He knew, John knew what it meant to follow in the end. And so how are we going to serve? For some of us, that will mean that we need to come and ask me or someone else at the church, how, how how, how can I serve here? Where can I serve? For others of us, maybe it means we're going to pick up uh, one or, or some more of the invitations to the carol services, and we're going to take it and g- give it to someone uh, who does not yet know the Lord Jesus. It may feel risky. It may feel like putting our, our lives on the line a relationship with them in j- danger, but Jesus calls them t- us to be a servant. And it may just be the start of someone coming to find salvation from our servant, Savior, Jesus. For others of us, we've seen this morning that we're a bit like James and John in this passage. We're seeking comforts, our own selfish desires. Just trying to look after ourselves rather than serve the Lord Jesus. But Jesus shows us that the way of following him is to be a servant. We need to ask Jesus to forgive us and to help us. Uh, and many of us do serve the Lord Jesus so faithfully. And I've seen that over these last few months. Uh, and thank you. Let's keep following our servant, Savior. Jesus, remembering that it's a cross before the crown. Because in the end, Jesus does go to a throne. Jesus does go back to his throne in glory. Not one in this world, but one with his Father in heaven. And one where he is gathering a servant-hearted people from all over the world. To be with him in a a new creation. Jesus in one of the the letters to the churches in Revelation uh, says, Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Faithfully serve me and you will get the crown of life. Which isn't greatness as this world would see it. But it's to enjoy life forever in that new creation, life forever with our faithful servant king, the Lord Jesus, where we, with all his other servants, will gather to praise him and to serve him forever. That's the way Jesus goes, the way of a servant, and it's the way we're called to go as well. Let's pray.